Today is week two. Somebody shout week two. two. All right. We're going to start reading with uh, our foundational text, which is in Proverbs, the 12th chapter. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you're looking on an electronic device, you can do that. You can follow along on the screen. But Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. The person who listens to counsel is wise. Chapter 16 of Proverbs verse 25 says this, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Last Sunday I took... Uh, some time and explain those verses and we're going to move forward today. I will say that if you were not here last Sunday and you want to hear last Sunday's message, you can go to the website, the church website, go to the, you can listen and uh, last week's message is already loaded there. You can listen to last week and today no doubt we'll be there and when we get to the third part of it. But we are, we're talking from these verses and came up with this title, There's Always a Next Step in the Spirit. There's always a next step in the Spirit. I talked a little bit about how we, we live the best that we can in the ways that we think is right. And we found that in some of that teaching, not everything that seems right is right. And not every way that I conduct myself uh, proves to be rewarding. That there are ways that seem right that end up not being right and are the ways of death. Not always death immediately, but things that set us up to practice ways that lead to death. And and I'm not going to go back over all of that. Life is not free of pitfalls. You guys will remember that. It's not free of the landmines or the stressful situations. They will come. So how do I navigate those times? How do I get through those moments. I went on to talk to you about the importance of a supernatural happening in our lives. If we as human beings find ourselves making decisions that are not the most beneficial, the only thing that can help me find the right way that doesn't lead to death but leads to life is if something supernatural happens to me through the Spirit of God. I went on to talk to you about... Uh, John 6.44 that said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at that last day. So I talked to you about the first step in that supernatural change that comes to us is the influence of the Spirit. That God begins to draw us. We're here today because His Spirit drew us. We didn't just wake up one day and have this uh, novel idea of, I think I'll pursue God, but somehow, somewhere, God was already pursuing you. He was setting things up in your life, allowing conversations to happen around you, an invitation to come, something that sparked interest 
interest in your life. And we use the term influence. The Spirit of God began to influence your life that was headed in the wrong way. It seemed right, but it wasn't right. His Spirit started influencing you. And as the Scripture says in King on our 6, He drew you. His Spirit started drawing us, tugging on our heart, interrupting our thoughts, showing up in our day. And before we knew it, we were drawn to something we had never connected with before. We were drawn to a church. We were drawn to people who represented Christianity. We were drawn to principles. We were drawn to an idea of a better life. We were drawn to God. So the first step in all of this, as I covered in detail last week, was an influencing spirit, the Spirit of God that drew us. So once you're drawn to Him, once you come to Him, once you recognize Him, once your interest is piqued concerning the things of God, then, then, then what is the next step? What is the next step? Anybody have a Fitbit on today? You have a Fitbit? Oh, hey, stand up, Christy. Christy's got a Fitbit on today. How many knows what a Fitbit is? Let me see your hand. Wave, wave your hand if you... Okay, if you have a Fitbit at home, let me see your hand. If you threw your Fitbit away or you've ever invested in one, you, you, let me see your... I, I, there's hands all over the place. Thank you, Christy. Fitbit. How many have... Maybe you're religious about it, I don't know. But you have in times opened up the health app on your phone and uh, thought, how many, how many steps did I, let me see your hand, did I take today? Let me, see, let me see the hands of those that know what I'm talking about. Last summer we were in Europe and uh, we were all logging or at least on this health app trying to figure out how many steps we were taking in some of the cities that we were, we were visiting. And we were averaging like 21,000 steps a day just all over museums and sites to see and, and those things. Well, I didn't know this just too many years ago. This 10,000K, this 10,000, it's, it's the 10K number. That, that's, that's the goal. That's the, that's the idea. That's what everybody with a Fitbit or a, or a, what are those phones called now? I mean, watches called? What? Apple, yeah, what? So, so I, expensive, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a lot of uh, technology and I have a lot of Apple products, but I haven't, I haven't surrendered yet to the watch idea. Because I think the watch is a statement piece. At least it is for me. I have I'm I'm nostalgic and 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 an old soul. So so for me, when I was growing up, you ever remember the pocket chain that went? I, I was always intrigued with with gentlemen who had a pocket watch, a little chain that went down. And as a child, I wanted a pocket watch. So I haven't been able to to surrender yet to to the. Uh, to the idea of having my phone and computer and everything that inundates my life already attached to my wrist also. So I, I haven't done that, and I, I think a watch is a statement piece. So, I, so I, wear, I wear my watch, and it's functional for time. And I have phones and computers and all that other stuff to, to do the rest of it. But, 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 but 
it's on our arms now. It's in our pockets now. It's on our wrist. It's just kind of everywhere. And it's this. You got to hit 10,000. I remember when Madison first got her watch like that. Megan, they, they all have them. And, and we would be at a table and their watch or their Fitbit or something would say, you need to stand up or you need to move or you need to. And, and they think I'm lording over their life. They think dad is trying to control them. And they have something on their arm saying, stand up, move. <laughs> you, you've been, you, you haven't moved enough recently. And it's, everybody is just consumed with, go to the mall. Folks are not even shopping at the mall anymore. They're doing this. Yeah, just, uh, just walking, walking in the mall, just walking around, and they're dressed in, in like workout clothes, and they got their tennis shoes on, and they're not even window shopping. They're just exercising. They're just, just exercising, just, just walking. And when you, when, you, when you kind of bring it all down, what, what are they doing? What, what, what are we all doing with our health app, with our Fitbits, with our... Watches with the mall. We're just simply taking steps. That's it. All that just an expensive technology, all it's doing is saying, take a step. That's it. That, that's it. You are paying. I'm paying. We're all paying big brother to tell us, take a step. <laughs> Take a step. Just take a step. So last week was step one. This is nothing new. I'm just helping you put it together. Your life, your life is being led this way. And so you're at church now, and it's happening here. <laughs> no, you can't escape. <laughs> take a step. What is the next step? So the first step is the Spirit draws us. And we, we move toward, we take steps toward Coming to church, going to a Bible study, whatever it is, praying every once in a while, showing up at a service, whatever it may be, it drew you. You were drawn to the idea and the thought of God in your life. So, so we, we were drawn. Now, this, this second step is what I believe enables us to continue taking steps. So the first step was you were drawn. The next step is the thing that helps you prepare to continue taking steps. So all of these steps of 10,000 steps a day or 20,000 steps a day or get up and move, what is all of that about? It's about better health. It's about, uh, you know, you have a cholesterol problem or you have a weight issue or whatever it may be and, and you need to exercise. Or maybe you have an overabundance of stress and it's the way to get out and get your mind on something else and so you can kind of eliminate some of the thoughts that are there. There's a lot of reasons, but it all points to you want better life, better health, better thinking, better arteries, better whatever. You want your cardiovascular system to be better. You, you, you're... you're you're improving. So, so all of that stuff says, take a step. And when you say yes to that and you take a step, then it is leading you to the result of something better. Better health, better thinking, clarity of mind, uh, and all of those things. So taking those steps are not aimless. 
Taking those steps are not empty when you get to the end. Taking those steps, 10,000 a day, it's leading you to what you would believe and hope for better life, better health, feeling better, being clearer in mind, not so stressed and burdened down. And so our mini-series, look at your neighbor and say, our mini-series is about taking steps in the Spirit, okay? It's taking steps in the Spirit. And this is what will happen. Taking steps in the Spirit will lead, me, will lead you. Somebody shout, lead me. It will lead me into all that God has for me. So taking steps in the Spirit is not aimless. Taking steps in the Spirit is not empty. Taking steps in the Spirit has a reward attached to it. And the reward that's attached to it is it is leading you into God's will for your life. That it's drawing you closer to Him and is preparing you to receive what He has for you. And so after, after the Spirit's influence in our life, the next step is the Spirit's infilling in our lives. So He draws you to Him, not so you can just hang out with Him. He draws you to Him, influences your life to take steps toward Him, so He can then in return, give you the opportunity to take the next step of infilling. And so the Spirit just being around you can be in you. The Spirit just influencing you to take steps toward the idea of God, this is God taking up residence in your life. Now, this is what we're going to talk about real quickly here. Acts 2, 1 through 4. I'm going to read several verses, so please stay with me. And as I'm reading through the verses that we have here, notice on the screen that there are particular words that will be highlighted, and uh, I want you to catch those as we read. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we know as of last week, we can't come unless His Spirit draws us. We want supernatural happenings in our life so we don't live in ways that are foolish. So we live in ways that lead to life and not death. So this supernatural happening is as we see in Acts 2 in those few verses that Pentecost was fully come. And it filled all the house. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In a matter of just a few verses, this concept or this word idea of being full, being filled, it's mentioned over and over again. They were filled. He doesn't just want to influence your life and you take one step and stop at influence. He wants you to take the next step. And the next step is not just being influenced by the Spirit, but being filled with the Spirit. It's the next step. There's always a next step in the Spirit. 
And if you've been drawn, then the next step is to be filled. To be filled with His Spirit. For many outside of the church, the first step uh, there, there's, 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 uh, there's questions and there's debate. This step here, people want to resist it. Well, I like being drawn to God because I have this idea that if I'm hanging out with God, good things are happening in my life. As long as I'm hanging out with Him, then good things. There's a lot of people that are okay with that first step, but when it comes to this next step, then all of a sudden there's questions and there's debate and there's resistance. And I don't know about this being filled with His Spirit. I like hanging out with Him, but I'm not sure if I want to be identified with Him. And so, John said this. John said when he was asked about being Christ, okay, they were, they were wondering, using over the fact, is, is John the Christ? Is this is John the Baptist? Is, he's the, is he the one that we need to be looking to? And in Luke 3, 15 and 16, this is what John said. And as the people were in expectation, and all the men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, that the, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John, When they said, John, are you the one? John, are, are you the Christ? John, this is it. John said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me, let's get everything clear. I have a role to play in this. And I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is my responsibility. I'm the forerunner. I, I am the one that's come making the way. But really all I'm doing is pointing you towards someone else that's coming. Because I baptize you this way, but He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. With what? With the Spirit. He's going to baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. Anyone coming to God, let me just say this, okay? Anyone coming to God should expect this supernatural occurrence to happen. If you read the Bible, read the entire Bible. Don't just read the verses that sound the best to you. That's like there is a way that seems right unto a man. There is a way that you can read the Bible that seems right to you, but it might not be right at all. Just because you read the Bible doesn't re mean you read the Bible with clarity. Doesn't mean you read the Bible with understanding. How many conversations have, have you and I uh, through the years had with individuals who said, yeah, I've read the Bible, but I don't understand anything I'm reading. Anybody else? Let me see your hands. You talk to people. You've even felt that way. I've read stuff and I'm like, what, what did that mean? What, what, just because you read the Bible doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. Some people read the Bible with a very narrow view and with a very limited revelation. And so they see one thing and they, they conclude that everything is in that one thing rather than reading it with understanding. John was saying to them, I'm fulfilling a particular role. I'm baptizing you unto repentance. But can I let you know that this is not the end all. This is not where it stops right here at repentance. But there's one coming after me 
who's mightier than I. I'm not worthy to get down and unloose his sandals. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I'm baptizing you into water under repentance, but I can't do what he can do. He wants to fill your life with his Spirit. Amen. I love this. So some people have a John religion and other people have a Jesus religion. Where do you fit in? Because if you have John religion, you're not where you could be. You've come so far, but there's another step. There's a next step. Something drew you, but what is your next step? Now, let's, let's move on here. So let's look back for a moment at our, at our original text and, and remember what seems right isn't always the best option. Okay? And I want you to hold on to this. So, so we need a supernatural event to transpire personally that lifts us to a higher level of living. It starts with spirit influence, and the next step is spirit infilling. It's all part of this progression of spiritual steps in our life. If you're going to get to the place where you're fulfilling what God has for you or obtaining what God has for you, then after being drawn by His Spirit, the next step is to start seeking to be filled with His Spirit. Now let's move on. I want to explain this and, uh, and, and try in detail. Acts 8 verse 14 through 17 says this, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. He prayed, they prayed, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Here we have the word fallen being used, and we have the word received being used. They believed, okay? I want you to see this. I don't have time to go back to the previous verses, but you can go back in in chapter 8 and read it if you would like and see how how, uh, it progresses to this. But they believed. These people were believers, They believed what was being preached. They believed the word that was being shared. And the scripture said that they were even baptized. They were baptized. But the infilling of the Spirit was something completely separate. If you go back into the 12th verse, you'll see that they believed. They believed what was being preached. They were baptized. These people were believers. These people were baptized. These people, the Bible said that the city had joy. They had joy. They believed. They were baptized. But then the Scripture comes around and says, For as yet He was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So receiving the Holy Ghost was something different than believing or being baptized. Is it clear? Acts 10. Acts 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, fell on them, which heard the word. And they of the circumcision 
which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So in, the, in these few verses we have fell, poured, received, to go along with fallen and the other words that we've been reading. All right? So it said here that while the man of God spoke the word of God, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And once it fell on them, the Bible tells us they heard them speak with tongues. They recognized the infilling of the Holy Ghost in the lives of those in Acts 10. And then he commanded them to be baptized. All right? So once again, we see interchangeable words describing the same event. Interchangeable words. Baptized, fallen, received, fell, poured. These are all interchangeable words that speak of the same occurrence, that speak of the same thing happening in individual, individuals' lives. Also, we see here that the infilling of the Spirit was different than believing and being baptized because these folks, different from Acts 8, that had already been baptized, these folks had not been baptized. So the Holy Ghost fell on them, they spoke with tongues, and then the man of God said, now you need to get baptized. And he commanded them. He didn't suggest. He didn't say, I think it's a good idea. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So in chapter 8, we have them believing, baptized, and then the infilling. In chapter 10, we have them believing what was being said. The word, uh, as it's preached, Holy Ghost falling on people. They receive the Spirit. And then he's saying, get baptized. These are different experiences. It doesn't all happen in one decision to serve God. Okay? The greatest decision that you made initially was just saying yes to the influence of being drawn. Saying yes to move in the direction that God was calling you. So the next step, as you see it in the Scripture, please note that the order of infilling and baptism isn't as important the order as it is just obeying it. So it doesn't matter if you got baptized first and then received the Spirit, or if you received the Spirit and then you got baptized. We have scriptural examples of it happening both ways. The order of it happening isn't as important as the obedience you have in taking the next step toward it. Look at your neighbor and say, this helps me. Oh, you're not convincing. Amen. You're not convincing me. I need to do a better job, I think. Acts 19. Acts 19, verse number 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having through, passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. This is where, let's go back to that John deal, where I told you to hold on to that John thought. The John of I'm baptizing you, 
under repentance. I'm baptizing you this way, but there's one coming after. Now we have in Acts 19, disciples of John. People that followed John in his baptism, followed John in his teaching, followed John in his uh, preaching. They encounter them. They find certain disciples. He said unto them, Paul says to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? There it is again. Believing and receiving is two different things. Just because you believe doesn't mean that you're in field. You may have been influenced, but you haven't been filled. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I mean, what planet was John's disciples living on that they can be in? Acts 19, this is close to 20 years after Acts 2. This is nearly two decades later from the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2 that filled all the house and filled all the people and the stuff we read. You're 20 years down the road. In 20 years, people have been scattered People have been persecuted. People have been filled with the Holy Ghost by the thousands that the Bible went from 120 to 3,000 to a great company of priests. Now you have thousands of people in a small geographical area on the other side of the world that may be near the size of Connecticut or something. Literally... And 20 years has gone by and people are being martyred and persecuted and spread everywhere and you run across a dozen guys that were disciples of John that have no clue of the Holy Ghost? What rock were they hiding under? Listen. How could they be influencing the world with John's doctrine? And not have run across people who were living by Jesus' doctrine. The only, the only logical explanation that I can come up with is just because you're drawn to Him doesn't mean you're going to be effective for Him. They were, there was a dozen men that said, we haven't even heard of this. What are you talking about? And John was the forerunner of Christ, pointing pointing them, did they not hear what John said that day? Oh, help me. Did they not hear when John said, hey guys, it's not me, there's one coming after me. You can get so locked in to one step that you miss everything else that's being said around you. You miss everything else that's being proven, exemplified around you. They said, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I want to say, are you crazy? Have you ever felt that way about people in your family that you're trying to give them a new step and a new revelation and new help and they don't hear one thing you're saying and they don't listen to one word you're saying and they keep living like it never happened around them? That's where John's disciples were. They were living in the step of drawn to repentance. Man, there's a whole lot of people in the denominal world right now that claim Christianity that are just as head in the sand 
buried in the sand as John's disciples were. They've come to this. They said, we, we didn't even know. Are you? It's happening all around you. There are people, if you're not careful, you'll get so excited about the one step that you took that you'll miss everything else that's available around you. Take the next step. There's always another step in the Spirit. So, so this is what is said. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. John baptized me. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. He, came, he brought you this far. It's that first step. He brought you here, saying unto the people that they should believe on Him which should come after Him. He said, hey guys, do you remember what John said? That He was only going to take you so far and then somebody else was going to come along behind Him? Believe on Him? Believe on Him? On Jesus Christ? When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And they had been 20 plus years living in that one experience. And there was another step for them to take. And they had not taken it. But as soon as they were made aware of it, they responded. Listen, I don't want to fault those guys. I want to I commend them and praise them if I can for a moment to say even though they had been locked into a certain idea for 20 plus years, at the moment something new came, they stepped into it. Here's what happens to some people. They say... These guys didn't say, I need to go talk to my mom. I need to go talk to my dad. I need to go back to school. I need to go get some education. I need to go find my friends and see if this is okay. But in today's world, that's where a lot of people get. God brings them to here. A new revelation comes. And they say, I got to go talk to my old so-and-so. I got to go talk to my family. Listen, 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 listen. They didn't do that. As soon as they heard, there's an updated version. As soon as they heard, John did his part. But the one he was pointing to has come. And this is what he's offering you. The Bible said they were baptized. Everybody say they were rebaptized. There is scriptural example of being rebaptized. Not putting off on whatever your baptism was. But realizing if you haven't done it in his name and in his way, John's disciples acted on it immediately. And the Bible said, I love this. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, fell, filled, received, poured all of those interchangeable words that we have, it came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied and all the men were about 12. I think you get the picture and the pattern that's being set up in the scripture that, that he wants to live in you. When you go to Acts 2, when you go to Acts 8, when you go to Acts 10, when you go to Acts 19, you say and see that he doesn't just want to influence your life. He wants to fill your life. He filled their lives with 
with his spirit. He filled their lives in the upper room. He filled their lives in Samaria. He filled their lives in Cornelius' home. He filled their lives when John's disciples were rebaptized. He doesn't want to just influence you. Living under the influence is a whole lot different. than having His Spirit living in you. Filled, full, poured, come on, fell. It's over and over and over. And if you haven't received the Spirit's infilling, then that is your next step. It will be evidence like we have in the Scripture of speaking in another tongue. Amen. That's your next step. Also, we see that baptism in the name is different than the titled experience. It did not say one time that they were baptized in Muhammad. They were baptized in Buddha. They were baptized in Harry Krishna. They were baptized in a title. It says every time they were baptized in the name. Somebody shout what that name is. It's the name that's above every other name. It's not the same. If you have ne- it's like them. Can you imagine someone baptized by John? You can throw all of those other names and all those other examples in there, but none of them compared to someone that could step up and say, John the Baptist baptized me. And they said, I'm going down in his name. Jesus' name. Come on, if you've never experienced that, then make sure you don't miss out on taking that step because that is a step that will make a difference in your life. Amen, amen, amen. Do it. Somebody shout, do it. If there's any question, do it. Do it in Jesus' name. If you're not sure what somebody said, if you're not sure how you're formed, if you were a child and maybe you were under the water and didn't hear what they said, if you're not confident that His name, the only saving name, wasn't spoken over you, then go to the water and get baptized in that name because there is no other name. The name of Jesus. You do that. That's your step. Amen. So let me conclude here with these verses. Ephesians 5.14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. Remember, remember our text. There's a way. Come on, that seems right. It's foolish. It's foolish to go that path. It says here, don't be a fool. Be as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled, filled with the Spirit. 
be filled. What is God's will for those that claim Christianity? To be filled with His Spirit. What is God's will for those that believe on Him? To be filled with His Spirit. What is God's will for those who have been baptized in His name? To be filled with His Spirit. What is God's next step for all of our lives once we're drawn to Him? To be filled with His Spirit. Not to live 20 years on an experience that needs to be updated. Being filled with the Spirit of God is supernatural. It's life changing. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. You can't sign a church card. You can't shake a preacher's hand. You can't join a church to get it. It comes from Him and He pours it out. It falls on you. It comes on you. You receive it as God gives it. Hallelujah. Filled, filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. How can you see people go through life singing and rejoicing and interacting and fellowshipping and enjoy and peace? I'll tell you how. They're filled with the Spirit. People that get filled with the Spirit and stay full of the Spirit, they sing, they smile, they have peace, they have joy, they have direction, they have comfort. They're not stressed, they're not overwhelmed, they're not giving up. Get filled with the Spirit and stay. Don't let it leave Spirit. It's the next step in our life. Don't run low. Don't let it wane. Don't let it leak out. Don't let it be sacrificed somewhere. Get up every day saying, God, fill me with your Spirit again today. Lord, fill me and renew me with your Spirit today. I can't face Monday without it. I don't want to face Wednesday without it. I can't go back to that doctor without it. Fill me with your spirit. You'll sing. You'll smile. You'll dream of good things. You'll live at peace. If you're having trouble in your life, go back to what works. Something supernatural called the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's the next step. It's the next step. Spirit, A spirit-filled life makes a difference. And here's what I would say. Let me close with this. If you have it, then use it. If you don't have it, take the step to receive it. And if you have it, use it. Jude tells us what to do. Verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It's not pastor's responsibility. It's not your companion's responsibility. It's your, not your denomination or your religion or your parents or... It's no one's responsibility but yours to build yourself up if you have it. I know, I know, I feel it, I know it, I think it, okay? I can say, don't be stressed, don't be overwhelmed. You're like, well, you don't live my life and you know where I'm going through. You act like if you have the spirit, you know, I know all that, okay? I thought it when I said it, but I said it anyway because you need to know the truth. You can blame it on everybody else. But I promise you, if you stay full of the Spirit, 
according to the word of God and the authority of that word, you can build yourself up when life is overwhelming. You can build yourself up. You can... It's like, Paul, I think myself happy. I'm in jail, but I think myself happy. I'm being persecuted, but I think myself happy. Everybody's against me, but I think myself happy. I I, I can't pay all my bills, but I'm coming through in Jesus' name. Bill, how do you do that? The Bible said praying, 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 praying in the Holy Ghost. Get up instead of giving attention to doubt. Give attention to the Spirit. Instead of giving attention to sickness, give attention to the Spirit. You say, Pastor, it sounds like you're just making stuff up I'm not making it up this is the Bible pray yourself into a place of peace pray yourself into a place of strength pray yourself into a place of being lifted that's what the infilling of the spirit will do for your life let's stand together hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank God for his spirit infilling. Come on, thank God for his spirit infilling. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank anybody thankful that it fell on you? He poured it out on you. It came on you. Anybody thankful that God gave you the opportunity to receive his spirit? Has your life been different? Come on, you get up and go to work and everything may be going wrong. Drive down the road just saying, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Get up. Get up and sing a song. Get up and quote a verse. Get up and move beyond a fence. Get up and think yourself happy get up and pray like you've never prayed and be filled with his spirit again I promise you life will be better the job will be better the family situations will be better things will start turning around for you when you step out take the next step